Yeah. The Bar Podcast. Uh, Biblical uh, reform, let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat. And open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast. The living bread. And we're discussing what it means for the streets. The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet. This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, yo, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. Yo, this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. Yeah, this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, the nations. Welcome to the modern reformation. Yeah. Welcome everybody to the bar. Do not adjust your headphones and don't panic. Dwayne hasn't caught some sort of illness giving him a British Cockney accent. No, nothing like that. You'll no, no, no doubt know that Dwayne is in the middle of a very busy season in his life, which has meant that he hasn't been able to keep up with recording new episodes of the bar podcast. So I saw the bat signal go up all the way over from here in the UK and I have responded by becoming the new guest host until Dwayne can come back. My name is David Knight and I'm from a ministry called Exposit the Word over here in the UK. And apart from the accent, nothing else will change. We'll still have the same awesome guests and Lord willing, we'll publish a new show every Tuesday. So let's get to it because I'm super excited to be coming through your speakers, your earbuds, wherever you are listening to the bar. And we are grateful that you are listening. And we'd love to start the show off by thanking you, the listeners, for tuning in and supporting in the show and like we do every tuesday we bring you another awesome guest and this one is no different all the way from australia via the uk we're delighted to have my friend well-known evangelist josh williamson with us josh hello and welcome to the bar podcast yeah g'day mate thanks for having us i saw the bat signal as well and i thought there was something wrong with my eyesight but i'm glad you answered it <laughs> no, Josh, most people are going to recognise you from the episode that seems to be replayed every other week on Wretched Radio when you were street preaching for many years ago. Or even maybe, Josh, people may have seen that one of your new short video clips on Facebook that seemed to have gone super viral. Well, uh, yeah, if they haven't seen the one on Wretched, if they just wait a couple of weeks, Todd will probably play it again. Uh, no, that was a, a open air done in Atlanta in 2009. And uh, Todd obviously likes it because he keeps replaying it. I think it just gives him an afternoon off. That's why he puts me on. Uh, but yeah, no, the Lord's been gracious in using that sort of open air and also recent TikTok videos, which went viral, not on TikTok, but on Facebook. And I can't quite explain why or how, but uh, we praise God that he's allowing his word to spread. Yeah, exactly. And Josh, you haven't changed a bit from that video. Did you say 2009? 2009. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know, would you? You've not changed well, a bit. I finally grew up and I can grow facial hair now, so that helps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that hasn't seen that clip or bumped into your work yet, Josh, tell us everything that we need to know about you in 60 seconds. Everything you need to know about me. Uh, I am a nobody trying to tell everybody about the one who saved me. That's pretty much me in, in a nutshell. Um, from Australia, married to one wife, which is good, have three kids, love the Lord Jesus, want to tell everyone about him and uh, call all to come to repent and trust. Well, excellent, Josh. And you've got 30 seconds left in the bank as well, so we'll, we'll use it on another question later on. Sounds good, mate. Josh, I'm interested. Whenever I speak to somebody from Australia, I like to know the reason that they left. Was it because of those huge spiders and snakes that you have over there? 
Yeah, spiders don't bother me too much. It's more the snakes. Uh, and I thought, you know, I can't be, can't be dealing with this all the time. Too many snakes. No, uh, the reason I, I left Australia was because we felt burdened to uh, head to the UK to evangelize over here, uh, to uh, share the gospel. Or I like to tell people I'm on a convict return scheme. Uh, that seems to confuse the locals. But, uh, no, we, we're here to share Jesus and to call men and women to come and trust in the, the only saviour. Excellent, excellent. So take us back to the beginning, Josh. When did you first become a Christian? I grew up in a Christian home, uh, and I know that's very cliche to say. I grew up in a Christian home because everyone thinks, oh, that means he's been a Christian his whole life. Absolutely not. Uh, I grew up with godly parents teaching me the word, but I did not personally accept Christ or receive Christ until I was nearly 17 years of age. Uh, when I was 17, we started attending a church that I didn't want to go to. Mum and dad kind of... Uh, enticed me to go to it, forced me to go to it. Mums can be very persuasive that way. And I went to church. I heard the gospel, even though I'd heard it many, many times before. And the Lord was very gracious that night, and he rescued me. I sat in that church service not wanting to be there, not caring about what was going on. But as the preacher spoke, this deep sense of conviction of sin came upon me. I realized that I'd rebelled against God, and my only hope was to run to Calvary to see the Savior who died for me. Amazing, amazing. And what's that journey look like theologically? And what what, are some, what have been some of the big influences in your life that's helped over the years as well, Josh? Well, theologically, I've been on a very big journey because I was converted in a classical holiness Pentecostal church. Uh, I'm not classical holiness Pentecostal now. Uh, I would be very much in the uh, Baptist tradition, the conservative evangelical Baptist tradition now. So I've, I've been on a bit of a spectrum, a bit of a journey here from... Uh, uh, continuationist, Arminian, uh, egalitarian, right through to now being Reformed, Baptist, and complementarian, and a cessationist. So uh, it's been a journey over the years, and uh, and I won't even get into eschatology because that keeps changing every time the wind changes. <laughs> what what have, how, how has the Lord used certain people or certain ministries to help you um, on that journey, Josh? Yeah, there's been some uh, ministries that have been greatly impactful to me. Uh, like when it comes to evangelism, men like Ray Comfort, uh, I love and respect those guys. They completely changed my mindset and uh, changed my view when it came to outreach. So I'm forever grateful for them. Uh, ministries such as Grace to You, John MacArthur, uh, that helped me grow in my theology and the love for expositional preaching and teaching of the word. So these these are the sort of influences. They're the living guys, but then reading the dead guys such as Spurgeon and Whitfield and the Puritans, my theology just got molded by these great men of faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pastored a church as well as working as a full-time evangelist. When did you feel a call into ministry? I didn't want to go into ministry, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, if you had gone back to just after I was converted, I would have told you my career plan was to be a full-time soldier with the Australian Regular Army. That was my goal. Uh, I was making moves towards that direction. The Lord interrupted my plans. Uh, we, we planned. The Lord says, good on you. I'll do my own thing. And uh, I end up in the Pentecostal Bible College going, I don't want to be here, but it's good to learn the Bible. And as I was there, I began to feel a sense of, I, I want to do ministry. I, I want to uh, to serve the Lord in that uh, in whatever way he sees fit. I didn't want to run out and say, oh, well, this is who I am. So I was very cautious uh, at my home church, affirmed uh, my call to ministry. And I started off doing evangelism, just simple things as inviting people to church, encouraging them to come to gospel services. And it's just that growing burden from there to teach the word, to minister to people. But evangelism has always been my primary focus, even though I have served in pastoral ministry. Yeah, 
Yeah. And do you think you would have followed that through if, you, if the call to ministry didn't come? Do you think you'd be in the army now, Josh? I think if, if the the Lord hadn't interrupted, that was the path I was going on. I would have kept, kept pursuing that. Yeah, wow. Okay, amazing. You spend a lot of your time, as you mentioned, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. Can you remember the first time that you shared the gospel with someone? Uh, vaguely, to be honest. Vaguely, I can remember it. It was so bad. I probably uh, got so much trauma, I've pushed it out of my memory. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I first started in evangelism, it was it was really simple. It was that, hey, you don't want to go to hell, do you? you know, turn or burn. And if you don't want to turn, let's burn. Uh, it was fear-based evangelism. It wasn't any real content. Now, that being said, I did talk about Jesus dying. I did talk about Jesus rising again. So I trust that the Spirit could take my poor efforts and use it to advance the fame of Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so that was very much my my first efforts in evangelism. I can remember clearly the first time I got influenced by Ray Comfort and I started to use his method in evangelism. I was so nervous. Uh, I actually typed out a full script uh, of what to say to someone when witnessing using uh, the good person test that Ray developed. And yeah. I went down to my local shopping center and I had a clipboard. And on this clipboard, I had the full script written out ask this question. If the person says this, go to this question. Right. And I went through it with this lady. I went up to her and I said, hey, can I talk to you? And she smiled and said, yes. And I'm excellent. Off we go. And I started working from my script and throughout she kept smiling, saying, yes, yes, something. And this is easy. I don't know why people complain about evangelism being hard. I've got a, got a woman here who's agreeing with everything I say. Until I got to the end of the conversation and she goes, I don't speak English. So she was just nodding her head and agreeing the whole way, and she has no idea what I said. Uh, so that was my first effort using Ray Comfort's uh, method. Uh, then when I went to yeah. the open air, I must admit, the first time I open air preached, I lasted about mm, two minutes, and I got down and said, I will never do that again. Uh, but the Lord obviously has a sense of humor because uh, he's deployed me into that field of evangelism quite frequently. Yeah, brilliant. But anyone who's heard you speak, Josh, might be surprised to hear that you, you, you know, you've had nerves because you don't come across uh, nervous as, uh, at all. What, what advice would you have for anybody that, that is too nervous to get started in evangelism? What sort of practical tips would you give them? I still get nervous now. I'm still terrified every time I go out to share the gospel. I have this battle within me going, well, what will this person think? What will this person say? If I stand up and share the gospel, if I preach in the open air, uh, if I preach the gospel from a pulpit even, all these fear of man thoughts run through my my, my mind. And it's, it's not a case of I have no nerves. If you could see my knees, there are literally times they are knocking. I am that scared of open air preaching, that scared of preaching the gospel. But what I've learned is this, I must let my love for God overtake my fear of man. And not just my love for God, but I have to love my fellow man. I've got to love my neighbor as myself. And if I was sitting in their place as a person who was on the path to hell, I would want someone to tell me about Jesus, to tell me how I can come to know the Savior. So if I truly love them as I love myself, then I will. I, I want to tell them about Jesus. So I've got to let that love overtake my fear. Now, it's not easy. And if anyone listening has found the golden bullet that can get you out of nerves and fear, please do contact me because I'd love to know your secret. But I, I'm still battle with fear. I still battle with nerves, which I think in many ways is a good thing because it makes me rely not upon myself, not upon my own methods and tactics, but I have to pray a lot and, and yeah. rely upon the Spirit of God and say, Lord, I need you. I need yeah. you to intervene now. I need you to take these words that I'm stumbling out and, and take them and use them for your glory. Yeah, it's really helpful. And I want to pick up on prayer because I know you place a huge importance on it before going out. I see that as you seek prayer on social media. Tell us about that, Josh. Well, you can't do anything without prayer. 
Uh, it's I think of it from a military perspective. If you're going to attack a position, you're calling in airstrikes or artillery strikes before the ground troops get in. Prayer is that airstrike. It's the artillery coming in and it, it's it's going before. And the Lord can work in the hearts of the people before we even meet them. So we need people praying. We need people you know, seeking the Lord for the conversion of the lost. And so always want prayer. Without prayer, I don't think evangelism will march forward. Uh, so we yeah. constantly call on people to pray. But even on the subject of prayer, I must admit, I've been challenged e- even in recent months on that topic of prayer because I'd often put the prayer request out saying, hey, uh, everyone, we're going out to evangelize. We're going to share the gospel in this place or I'm preaching here. Please pray that the Lord will be glorified, which is which is a great prayer request. We should pray that the Lord will be glorified. That should be foremost in our minds that Christ will be honored. But someone challenged me and says, why don't you specifically ask that the Lord save people? And I thought, I used to do that all the time. I used to always ask that question, hey, pray that the Lord would save someone. But I guess over time of, of ministering on a hard ground on barren fields, you don't always see people get saved. So it's almost like my unbelief has crept up where I've gone, well, right, right. I'll preach the gospel, the Lord will be glorified, but I'm not really expecting anyone to be saved. And this brother challenged me and goes, well, pray that people will get saved and ask people to pray for the conversion of the lost. Uh, I'm reminded of what Charles Spurgeon said when a, a young minister came to him and said, Mr. Spurgeon, whenever you preach, people get converted. Uh, when I preach, they don't. And Spurgeon said to this young minister, you, you don't truly expect people to get saved every time you preach, do you? And the young man said, no, of course not. And Spurgeon said, that's why they're not. Right. And I thought there's there's a yeah. bit of wisdom there. We we don't always go out in faith seeking the Lord for the conversion of the lost. And I think because we've been influenced by these dark days in our Western yeah. world, yeah. that our unbelief has almost overtaken our faith. So now I try to make a conscious effort, Lord. I need you to glorify your name. I want you to glorify your name. I want people to see you. I want people to come to worship you and honor you. And I want to see sinners come to repentance. I want to see people saved. I, I, I want to know there's rejoicing in heaven as lost souls come to know the Savior. And I must admit, since focusing more on praying specifically for the conversion of the lost, we have seen increased fruit in the open air. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be true for everyone, so don't all jump online and say, right, pray for the lost today and pray people get saved, and you're going to go out and see like a Billy Graham-style harvest. The Lord moves as he wills. The Spirit blows where he wills and as he wills. But we should be seeking the Lord for the conversion of the lost. Paul pleaded for the conversion of his countrymen. Shouldn't we be pleading for the conversion of the lost as well? Yeah, brilliant. And as well as these prayers before you go out, I've also seen you specifically pray for certain people after as well, right? If you've if you've had a conversation with somebody else, you know, you'd often seek them by name. Tell us about that, Josh. Yeah, I think it's very important that we pray for people that we witness to. It's not just a case of, right, I've done my outreach today, see you later, I go home, put my feet up, watch the basketball, whatever it is. No, we, we need to be seeking the Lord for the people we spoke to. Lord, you know who heard the gospel today. You know that man took the gospel track. You know the man we had that great conversation with, that young lady that took the gospel of John. Pray specifically for them. Now, I don't may never see them again, and chances are I won't, especially in the open air outreach, but the Lord knows who they are. And if we're pleading with him for them, it shows that we love them, and it shows that we actually view their soul as precious. So I think we need yeah. to ask the Lord specifically for people. And I do hope that yeah. one day when we get to glory, I'll get to see all these people and go, I remember you. The Lord saved you. Isn't he gracious in what he has done? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I know you use a variety of ways to engage people when evangelizing, Josh. Tell us about that. I think an evangelist uh, 
should have many tools in his toolbox. Uh, we, we should have not a one-size-fits-all approach to evangelism. Uh, we've got to understand our context, what we're ministering in. Uh, so, for instance, I love open-air evangelism, and one of the main reasons I love open-air evangelism is because we live in a culture where people aren't coming to church anymore. And if we sit in the church building waiting for these people to come to us, they're not coming. Right. Now, should we have gospel services in churches? Absolutely, because studies show constantly that people will come to church at least one time if invited by a friend or family member. So let's put on a special gospel events where people can invite them to. Uh, if people aren't going out in the streets, let's go knock on their doors and tell them about Jesus. Let's distribute tracts through letterboxes. Let's do whatever we can. I mean, the new mission field is social media. You yeah. can sit yeah. at home and create content for social media, and who knows what the Lord's going to do with that. I mean, I'm seeing that with these TikTok videos that we're putting together, just reading the Bible. Uh, to be honest, if I got 200 people watching them, I was like, this is awesome. But all of a sudden, yeah. they started going viral, and now we're talking thousands of people watching them on Facebook. And I'm going, yeah. I can't explain why or how, but there's a mission field out there. Uh, so we need to do whatever we can, wherever we can, for the advancement of the gospel. As long as it's not sinful, use it for the advancement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and I'm not going to tell people there's a one-size-fits-all approach to evangelism. I, I definitely wouldn't say that. God has gifted through the Spirit each believer with specific gifts and abilities to make much of him. So use those giftings, use those abilities in whatever context he has placed you to declare the wonders of the Saviour. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. You you mentioned um, that you've you've embraced technology and you've you've been surprised by how the Lord's used that, Josh. Tell, tell us specifically what you've started doing because I think this is just brilliant. Well, I there was a friend of ours, uh, a good friend. She was doing Bible readings on TikTok, and she's like, "Oh, people are watching them." And I'm thinking, "Well, you're a young lady. Of course, people are going to click on your video and watch you." And she goes, "No, no, you should do it too." And I thought, "Okay, well, I'm not a young lady. I'm not pretty, so we'll see what happens here." My wife says I'm pretty occasionally if I bribe her, but beyond that. Um, but I said, okay, I'll do some recording, and I put them up there, and people started watching them. And I thought, oh, just short little videos of me reading through the Gospel of John. Well, that's interesting. So I'll try and do a couple of those a week, just to, you know, it might be a minute or two minutes, sometimes up to five minutes, depending on the passage. And people were watching them and engaging with them. And I thought, well, this is great. People are hearing the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So this is good news. Uh, John was written so people might believe that Jesus is the son of God. So let's have them listening to God's word. But then I, I also try to once a week, if I can get to it, I try to put together a little 90-second gospel clip uh, to give people thoughts on different topics and different issues to try and make them think and direct them to Jesus. Now, those 90-second clips don't always get the full gospel out. I freely admit that. Sometimes they're just a hook to make people start to think, to start to ponder Christ. And then I try to point them back to my website in the hope that they will contact me. Some of those videos have gone into thousands of views, and we have yeah. to pray that the seed's been sown, that it's sown, that the Lord will use it. So that's yeah. just some of the online things. Also creating um, images that can be shared on social media, Bible verses, quotes, whatever. Yeah. And the Lord's used it in ways that... I must admit, I never imagined, and I'm very thankful yeah. for that. And I think yeah. we have an online mission field that we can reach the nations while sitting at our desk with our iPhone in front of us. Yeah. And this is something that anyone can do, but you've not got a PhD in technology, have you, Josh? And you're not, you're not using uh, expensive 
camera equipment or computer equipment. This is being recorded on your phone, I'm guessing, right? Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, I've got no techie skills. I mean, I was so bad at websites that a friend of mine who built my website originally actually removed administrator rights for me because I would go in and edit things and change things. So <laughs> that's how bad I am at tech. Uh, I used to use my phone or I use my yeah. uh, camera on my laptop. Uh, we all have smartphones now, so we all got cameras. <sighs> you just pull your camera out and say, you know, g'day or whatever you want to say. Don't say g'day if you're not in Australia. It's probably cultural appropriation. Uh, but, you know, grab your, grab your camera and uh, just chat to people and say, hey, I want to tell you my story. I, I want to yeah. tell you a Bible verse that greatly impacted me. And just share. It doesn't have to be long. Now, if you're going to do a 30, 40-minute expositional sermon on TikTok, I'm going to guess it's not going to be watched. Yeah. But make them short, sharp, and shiny. Just simple gospel thoughts. Here's a Bible verse, guys. I'm out and about today, and I just thought, you know, isn't it wonderful what the Lord Jesus has done for me? He died for me. He rose again. He granted me repentance and faith. Man, you need to come to know him too. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you end up doing that, if you've been inspired by listening to Josh um, talk about putting these videos together, do tag Josh in it for his encouragement and tag the bar uh, podcast into it as well. It'd be really good to see you and, and see what you're creating. Uh, Josh, what, what mistakes can people make when sharing the gospel? And what are the important aspects that we, could, uh, we must include when sharing the gospel with someone? Well, if we're going to cover the mistakes in evangelism, we probably have a whole podcast just to that. And I have made many. Uh I'll probably just focus in on one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to sharing the gospel. The biggest mistake is not sharing the gospel. Right, yeah. uh, and what I mean by that is that people can sometimes look to tell people about Jesus, but they miss the core elements of what we should share, which which ties into your next part of the question. We, we can talk about everything. We can talk about, uh, well, this is how blessed I am, how much joy I have, which is which is true. Christians should have joy in the spirit. We should have a, a happy and a full, content life in Christ, but not as the world gives us, but as God gives us. We should have peace and joy. We should have the fruits of the spirit displayed in our lives. They're good things, but so often we just talk about them and we don't actually tell people about the gospel. Now, the key elements of the gospel, I think, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 4, where the Apostle Paul, when writing to the church in Corinth, says, I want to remind you of that which is of first importance, that which is number one of all. And then he explicitly goes in and spells out the gospel. He says, here's the good news. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. And in that statement, we have the elements of the gospel. We must yeah. talk about sin. Why do we need the Savior? Now, we don't stand there with the big scowl on our face going, you wicked sinners. No, we're sinners too. We, we've just been rescued by the Savior. We talk about sin. We explain God's standards, God's uh, standards of righteousness and how we've all turned our back on him. We've broken his law. We explain what sin is. We explain the punishment for sin. But then we point to the cross. And we talk about how the Lord Jesus died as a substitute for his people. He took the punishment we rightly deserve. He was buried in the tomb, and then three days later, he rose again from the dead. They're the core elements of the gospel. And once we've presented that truth, that gospel of grace, we are to call people to repent and believe, to trust in the Savior alone. So if you're going to share the gospel, talk about sin, talk about the cross, talk about the resurrection, and then call men and women to come and trust in the Savior. Yeah, so good. So good. I'm sure there'll be people listening that would have shared the gospel with a friend or family member before and then got rejected. What advice would you have for that person that wants to try again? Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I've been rejected more times than I can count from friends and family and strangers even. Keep going. I mean, you're not in charge of the conversion of the lost. You can't save someone. You cannot make someone receptive to the message. 
as Jesus teaches in John chapter 3, it's the spirit who blows where he wills. He will cause people to be born again. So just mm. keep going. Keep making much of Jesus. Be faithful. Remain faithful to him. Now, in some cases, such as family, it might be wise to shut up for a little while. Uh, as Peter tells us that, you know, with the wives and the unbelieving husbands, is that sometimes you can win them without a word by simply living and reflecting the gospel of Christ. And there may be times for wisdom there, but you're still persevering. You're still presenting the gospel, but just not verbally in that sense. Mm -hmm. But keep going. Don't back down. Don't slow down. Pray, 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 and then go and share where you can. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned earlier on evangelism can be discouraging. What is it that motivates you and keeps you going after having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month? <laughs> yeah, a bad constant. Um, what keeps me going? I think back to what the Saviour did for me. And I have to keep reminding myself of that, that I rightly deserve the judgment of God, that my sin was it, it was great, and I rightly deserved to be on the road to hell. If there was a line to hell, I should have been number one in that line. I, I had sinned more times than I could count. I had turned my back on my Creator, yet in love he reached down and he rescued me, not because I deserved it, not because I was wonderful, but because of his free and sovereign grace. And when I think about how I have been forgiven much, I should love much. And I remember all the times I heard the gospel and I rejected it before the Lord saved me. Yet he persevered with me and he kept pursuing me and drawing me with his cords of love. And I've got, I have to keep going myself. What motivates yeah. me? Gratitude for the Savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would you say to someone that says that they feel that their faith is a, is a really personal thing that they don't want to share it with anyone, Josh? Well, I, I think our faith definitely is a personal thing. Uh, people personally must come to the Savior. People personally must repent and believe in Christ. Uh, your faith is personal. It isn't passed on from mum and dad. It doesn't come from a church. It doesn't come from any religious ceremonies. Your faith is personal. The problem is we often mix personal with private. Just yeah. because something personally belongs to you doesn't mean it is privately yours. So, for instance, in the book of Acts in chapter 8, we see that when persecution arose in the churches, that everyone was scattered except for the apostles. But all those who were scattered, the everyday believers, the the the, the people that ran the kebab shop or whatever it was, the mums and the dads, the youngs and old, the, 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 the young believers were scattered everywhere in the midst of persecution. At that time, it would have been very easy for them to say, let's keep it uh, let's keep it private. Let's keep yeah. it quiet. Yeah. But we're told in Acts chapter 8 that they went everywhere proclaiming the word or literally evangelizing in the Greek. They proclaimed the good news of the scripture. They had a personal faith in the Lord Jesus, but they didn't keep it private. And we must do likewise. We have a personal faith in Christ. We have personally received the same. If you're for repentance and faith, we have been personally born again. We now have his perfect righteousness, but we don't keep it private. We, we, we can't keep it private. We must tell everyone. We must follow the example of Jesus. Now, this whole notion of let's keep it private and quiet to ourselves goes against the whole picture of the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ was taken outside of the city, crucified next to one of the busiest roads going into Jerusalem so everyone could see him. He on that cross cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He cried out publicly, it is finished. He died openly and publicly so the good news could be proclaimed. How dare we keep it to ourselves? Yeah. We can't do yeah. that. We're not following in the footsteps of Jesus if we do. Yeah. 
Yeah, Josh, you've crammed so much gold into the first half of a show and I knew you would. Thank you so much. We're going to take a real quick break before coming back and then hitting you with the famous free signature bar questions. I hope you're ready for this, Josh. I'll see what happens. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back with Australian evangelist Josh Williamson. So, Josh, as you know, every single guest that comes onto the bar gets asked these three questions, and there are right answers and there are wrong answers. Are you ready for this, Josh? Well, if I'm not, I'll quickly hang up. How's that sound? Yeah, well, you can't do that. This is, this is the most important part of the show for some people. Question one What kind of music do you listen to, Josh? Do I give the super spiritual answer and only answer with Christian music uh, and, you know, hymns written pre, you know, 200 years ago? Well, no, I, I do love the hymns of faith. I listen to hymns of faith. I um, I like some modern contemporary Christian music, and I just realized some people turned off as soon as I said that. Uh, there are some good guys out there that I, that I enjoy. Uh, I, I like listening to like people like Sovereign Grace music, Boswell, yeah. uh, Norton Hall Band, Casting Crowns, all those sort of mixture of uh, Christian music. But I admit, and this is probably going to be the most offensive thing I say today, I like country music. I grew up listening to country music. I enjoy country music. I have country music playing in my car on the radio. My kids are learning the truth of country music and how they should enjoy it. So I I enjoy a bit of that. And, yeah, I know some people are now completely shocked and terrified that I would uh, (laughs) listen to something like that. But Josh, you sound very enthusiastic about it. I'm just wondering if you'd like to sing as your favourite song right now. Well, I may, I would, but the problem is my microphone would probably burst in the flames out of pain and then all your listeners will be suing you for ear damage. <laughs> well, on that case, let's move on. Next signature bar question. What book or books are you currently reading? Spiritual answer. Bible. Uh, yeah, that's true. I am definitely reading the Bible. Don't hear people going, oh, he's just being a smart mouth. No, I am truly reading the Bible. Uh, I, I read a wide variety of books. At the moment, I'm reading the scripture. I'm also reading One Perfect Life by John MacArthur, uh, which is basically just the scripture put together in, in harmony, the gospels put together in harmony. It's, it's a very good read. Uh, I'm also reading a book on evangelistic preaching because uh, I always want to be improving what I do and how I do uh, evangelism. So I've got to constantly be developing. Uh, I'm also reading a secular book at the moment, just a novel, which I think sometimes helps uh, with wording. You see how authors can paint pictures with words. I think that's a very good tool that we as preachers need to learn. Uh, How can we present truth and story in such a way that people grasp it instead of just dry academics? Uh, So I'm reading reading a variety of things at the moment. And on on evangelistic preaching, we haven't even touched on the fact that you are a very capable, uh, very engaging um, preacher. Um, There is actually an opportunity. If you're in the UK, um, there's an opportunity for people to actually book you to come uh, to their church as well, Josh. How do people do that? Well, if they're in the UK and they want me to come visit, uh, contact me through my website, joshwilliamson.org. 
uh, send me an email and I'll see what I can do. If you're outside of the UK and you want me to come preach, send me an email and we'll see what we can do. I've had the privilege of preaching in different countries around the world. And if the Lord opens doors, we'll definitely see what ones we can walk through. Uh, but wherever I go, it'll be to, to, to proclaim the gospel. Like for instance, last year I was in the States for a couple of weeks and the whole purpose of being there was to preach and to teach and to yeah. share the good news. So wherever I end up, that's what we're going to be telling people about Jesus. And if you're listening from the Maldives or Hawaii, Josh will require a plus one for those visits because he needs someone to hold his uh, suitcases and I'll, I'll be volunteering for that job. I'll, I'll take right. my biggest study Bible. I'll need someone to carry it and uh, you can be yes. my armor bearer. How's that sound? <laughs> That sounds good to me. Josh, this is the last signature bar question. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? I honestly don't listen to that many podcasts. Um, I find I'm often often quite busy. So some podcasts, which are great, could go for like a couple of hours. There's time for that. And time you get through that two hours, um, they've released four more episodes. And you're like, oh, how am I going to do this? Uh, I do listen to like Wretched Radio, Todd Friel. Um Todd's probably not listening, but I do listen to him on double speed sometimes. So I get through that quicker. Todd's fast at the best of times. He is, yeah, yeah he is like a rabbit on steroids after he you put him on double speed. But anyway, I, I listen to uh, to to Wretched. I enjoy Wretched getting some you know current events, worldview, what's happening. Uh, for my own personal soul, for my own personal development, it's good that I keep getting fed. So I listen to my own pastor i listen to what he preaches but then i also listen to the grace to you podcast the, the 20 minute episodes each day just so i'm constantly getting bible teaching myself because if i'm giving out all the time i need to be make sure i'm keeping myself full yeah, so true so yeah. those sort of podcast and then a few different ones on like evangelism different topics and uh, testimonies we're short gospel testimonies because they can help develop evangelistic preaching and ministry yeah have you listened to the new living waters podcast i say new I don't, it's new to me I have listened to quite a few episodes. Yes, yeah, it's very good, isn't it? Very, very. It's good. it's good, and uh, yeah, they, they they cover some excellent topics. Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh, before we let you go, we always give our guest the chance to close the show. So the floor's yours to share your closing thoughts and to let people know how they can keep in touch with you on social media. My my closing thoughts would simply be this: If you're a believer who is listening to this, let me encourage you to get out of the study, get out of your house, get out of whatever you're doing, and go and make much of Jesus. It could be as simple as buying a pack of gospel tracks and distributing them. Get good gospel tracks, not dodgy ones. Go out and tell people about Jesus. Hand out literature. Chat to people about Christ. Learn how to evangelize. Hunt down good training material and say, "Lord, I want to be." faithful to you. I want to make much of Jesus in all that I do. So please equip me. My second closing thought would be for those who happen to stumble upon this podcast who may not know Christ, who for some reason are listening to this podcast going, who is this random Australian and this random Brit that's speaking through my headphones at the moment? And, and if that's you, I would simply say this. God has put you here for a purpose. He knows you. He's made you. He loves you. And you haven't stumbled across his podcast by accident. He wants you to know the truth that even though you have sinned greatly against him, even though you've broken his laws by lying and stealing and lusting and failing to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, he has shown great mercy. And that mercy is shown at the cross when the Lord Jesus Christ died for sinners and then three days later rose again from the dead. And now God commands you. He calls on you to repent, to turn from your sins and turn to the Savior by faith. Trust in him and he'll forgive all your sins and make you brand new. No matter what you've done, if you'd come to Christ, he would completely forgive you this very day. And if you're listening and want to get in touch, please contact me at joshwilliamson.org.
Excellent, Josh. Brilliant stuff. And thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I'll make sure that the links uh, to your website and social media in a, are in the description below. So wherever you're listening to this, make sure that you check that out. Josh, also, just before I let you go, you mentioned sound Bible tracts. It would be terrible of me not to mention that on expositeforword.com forward slash tracks, we're actually giving away um, free gospel tracks of six different versions to, um, to, to pick from. If you're in the UK, we'll send them out to you for free of charge, including postage, all free. And if you're anywhere else in the world, um, then you can download the digital files and then get them printed out locally wherever you are. So do take advantage of that. Um, Josh, thanks again for, for for taking the time to catch up with me today. Always love speaking with you, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. And to the bar listeners, thank you again for tuning in. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you can get the show every single Tuesday. And just like today, we have some top, top guests coming up that you do not want to miss out on. And remember to check out the Bar Podcast website where you can listen to Dwayne's huge archive of interviews, which will keep you nice and busy. Until next time, to laugh for now. 